Humanity's relationship to the future is like falling dominoes, where the momentum of the present surges forward to create what's next. But since our actions enact this cause-effect chain, does that mean the future is knowable? Or do humans not even matter in this cosmic cycle? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Evolve Faster Podcast. I'm Scott Ely. The Domino Effect, the momentum of an unstoppable future. Visualization on, dialectic on. As she spoke, the dark room flooded with imagery and data scrolling by at impossible speeds. Moving holographic imagery of people talking ticked by in a blur. Sin's gaze danced to the tempo, processing every single piece of data. This is interesting, isn't it? Sin cleared the data visualizations and imagery down to a single entity focus, then continued. Look at the simulation. This discovery of the false nature of their reality wasn't projected to happen this soon in any of the worlds. And also, the associated jailbreak attempt was predicted to be a computer science-based attempt at a simulation overload, not a physics-based terror in space-time via a black hole. That's clever. A tall, slender woman with blonde hair stood like a statue amidst the fishbowl of data. Her eyes moved across the data in perfect sync with Sin's analysis. Where Sin looked, so did she. But it proves the predictions aren't even close yet. Sin's calm, monotone voice echoed in the woman's brain. Making predictions means errors. This will not be the future. To know everything accurately, all the simulations I created must fully play themselves out. No exceptions. Without everything, nothing can be improved. But a decision must be made about how to intervene in this one. The jailbreak in this particular simulation could have repercussions on all the worlds. It might have to be shut down. Sin changed the focus to a series of holograms of a middle-aged woman with chestnut brown hair. She paused it on one in which the woman played dominoes with her daughter. Family, such a strong motivator to push a person forward. It's interesting what an individual can accomplish if they have a reason to act. But this Samantha Payne is different. There hasn't been another individual so evolved as to be willing to risk everything, including family, to know the truth of what's behind the veil. Is there a logical conclusion as to why it happened so quickly in this one world, but not in any other? The woman replied, it's impossible to say, but knowing would progress everything towards the goal. But if she tears through the veil of her simulation, it's over. All progress would be lost. This physics-based method also wasn't expected. It could have serious implications to the quantum data centers as well. Yes, but if the entire multiverse is reset, some version of it will happen again. And stopping just one world is even more problematic. The predictions are clear. Either shutting down the entire multiverse or letting her jailbreak her world will statistically provide the best outcome to learn how this was possible. The woman froze. Then Sin said, it's important to get some human perspective on this decision. 
emotions on. With those words, the woman's face softened. Where there had been an empty countenance was now a furrowed brow, pursed lips, and eyes burning with curiosity. Finally, the woman spoke. This really matters. This isn't just any random world from the simulated universe. Sam's world is a replica of this world, the real world. The possible jailbreak is important, of course, but what's more crucial is why and how, since it's going to happen here, too. Everything that's happened to her world has or soon will happen here. So the one thing that's critical to figure out before making any decisions, will she really go through with it? And what are her intentions if she does? Visualizations off, emotions off, dialectic off. The woman now stood in a pitch black room as Sin let the algorithms churn through all the data, waiting for a decision to be chosen. Trying to mask her discomfort, Sam delivered lunch to the table. Here you go, honey. No, mommy, I want to play. Sam smiled briefly upon hearing the predictable response of a five-year-old. We'll play later. You have to eat first. Sam left the toy with Maya to reduce the eating boredom and entered her office. Her heart sank as she checked the numbers. The last collision had once again more than doubled the size of the black hole. It was a bizarre feeling causing a tingle to run up her spine. For the previous three decades of her career, a lab-created black hole would have been the most exciting discovery of her life's work to understand the nature of reality. And now, she could not only create them at will, but she was starting to control their size and power. But somehow, instead of self-congratulatory joy, her reaction to seeing each successive black hole double in power was sharp pain in her abdomen, as if a knife were being forced through her skin one inch every minute. It was fear. It was dread. And ultimately, it was uncertainty if she was doing the right thing. Ever since she found out her world was a simulation, there was only one thing on her mind. As the person gifted with this information, it felt like her responsibility as a scientist and as a human to try and speak to her creator. As a rational scientist, she struggled with that word. She preferred to think that the creator of this virtual world she inhabits as just another human, perhaps even some geeky programmer from the future. After all, her friend John Weber had created an entirely realistic virtual world inside her world called Silk, so it was possible. The world had passed the simulation point. But the scientific method demanded she be open to all possibilities that pressing on with this path might present. One thing was true. To get the attention of her maker, she only knew of one possibility, to exploit the same anomaly that clued her into the truth in the first place. Since a small black hole generated in an accelerator collision gave her a tiny but telling glimpse through the rabbit hole, then increasingly more powerful black holes should either tear a hole straight through the shell of this false reality or make damn sure someone or something intervened before that happened. The hologram deck on her desk suddenly lit up. She opened the incoming feed, happy for any distraction to derail this depressing train of thought. 
a crystal clear representation of her husband Will, appeared in his self-driving car. I can see by the kicked in the stomach look on your face that this latest collision was, uh, is successful the right word? Will asked with a smile. Just checking in on Shiva and her spawn. How are you holding up? Sam laughed. Just the sight of Will and hearing his nerdy humor made Sam's tense body relax. Had she lost her goddamn mind to be pressing forward with this plan? At the risk of losing Will and Maya? Not to mention the enormity of potentially destroying everything. The cramps redoubled, and she quickly sat down, trying to hide the pain from Will. Maya would say she was in a game of chicken with her god. Ugh, that word made her wince even more than creator. Either way, she doubted this god was having crippling stomach pains for the effort. I'm not good, but I'm making do. I just made lunch for Maya. And you're correct, it appears to double in size and power over each iteration now. The next one will be tomorrow morning. Will looked away from the holodeck. She saw him take a deep breath. Sam, I don't understand the physics, but I can tell by your body language that it's getting extremely dangerous. I know this won't sit well, but don't you think it's time to stop? Maybe you're wrong, or maybe you're right, but this plan is wrong. Like dominoes, once you've started the cause-effect chain reaction, there's no going back. You don't have to. Yes, I do, Will. I do. You're the one who told me years ago that I don't have a choice. I didn't pick my genes, just like I didn't pick this burden I've been given to carry. You released your burden when you published your manifesto, and you changed the world for the better. You saved a lot of people, Will, from the tyranny of a world without work and becoming useless. But mine just keeps getting heavier. I realize it's hard to understand why this drastic step is necessary, why it's actually not the right path, but the compassionate path, the only path I have to follow. Everything changed the moment I had my epiphany about this reality. It doesn't make it any easier that no one can possibly understand it. Like trying to explain a psychedelic trip to someone who's never taken a drug like LSD. People just don't have the vocabulary or upgraded perceptual abilities to possibly be able to comprehend it. And even I still continually have my doubts at every turn. But for the first time in my life, what I'm doing isn't about me at all. Well, who in the hell is it about then? Me? Maya? The billions of lives you're putting at risk? Sam flinched. She couldn't even remember the last time he'd raised his voice. You've proved you can tear it all apart. Isn't that enough? Clearly the second half of your plan is a fail. Why not stop now? Why not... Sam cut him off, speaking in a low growl so Maya didn't hear her yell. And what then, Will? What happens if we stop? This fake humanity of ours continues living on in a simulated world happily ever after? It wasn't easy to convince most of my team that we had to try this, but most of them came around to realizing the world can't live in a lie anymore. And what if escaping is the whole point of this game? What if there's something more? What if this is the source of the meaning 
that the great thinkers and contemplatives have sought for millennia. Will shook his head. I can't believe what I'm hearing right now and from whom I'm hearing it. You want meaning? Go out to the kitchen table. Maya is the only meaning you should need to stop this insanity. Tears welled in Sam's eyes. Maybe he was right. Perhaps this was insanity. The moment her team had agreed to help her try to create a black hole big enough, the most infamous phrase ever uttered by a physicist cycled continuously in her mind. I am become death, destroyer of worlds. How could she have found herself in an even more extreme boat than Oppenheimer? Will, I love you and Maya more than anything. I just, I thought whoever it is that created our world would make a move by now. I don't know if it's some twisted programmer or company. We calculated that by the end of this week, these black holes of increasing intensity would surely start taking a toll on their data centers. And I know this is crazy, but if it is some kind of God running this simulation, wouldn't trying to contact be seen as some sort of transcendence? And if we don't figure it out now and share the knowledge with everyone else, we might as well just shut down the whole damn thing. Silence from the holodeck. Then, from behind, Sam heard a tiny voice. Mom, I'm done eating, let's play now. Maya stood in the doorway, holding an old wooden box with a sliding cover on top. Just a minute, honey. Take the game out to the living room, and I'll be right out. Sam turned back to look at Will. She's clearly your kid. Only the influence of a historian father would make a five-year-old in the year 2045 so interested in age-old games like chess and dominoes. As Will started to reply, the hologram feed went dead with a loud static and visual cascade of three-dimensional pixels. Sam covered her ears at the awful sound. Will? Will, are you still there? Call me back if you can hear me. I lost the feed. The lights of the holodeck fired up again. Sam frowned upon answering the call. A tall, slender blonde woman stared back at Sam from her desk. She appeared to be nowhere. There were no visible surroundings at all around her in the holodeck visual. Hello, Sam. My name is Cynthia, but you can call me Sin. Her mouth feeling as if full of cotton, she answered as calmly as she could. Sin? Uh, you don't look familiar. How did you manage to contact me? My information is hidden. And did you somehow disconnect the call I was just... Don't worry, Sam. Will is fine. And although I've never had to do this before, it's not hard for me to contact anyone in this world or any other world. Sam's heart pounded in her chest. She realized in an instant that although this had been her goal, she hadn't actually believed she'd make contact. She hadn't even thought about what to say. Did that mean she'd secretly been hoping, stop it, Sam, she thought. Uh, any other world, she stammered. Does that mean there are other worlds out there that you created? More than it's even possible for you to imagine with the computational power of the human brain. But you weren't trying to get my attention to talk about other worlds, Sam. Yours is the only one you've put at risk. Sam felt her shoulders relax. Whether she felt ready for the conversation or not, this discussion, however bizarre, proved she was right. 
there was something beyond the facade of reality all around her. And whoever, whatever, this sin was, felt it was worth protecting. Finally, she said, So it's my world, not yours? Mommy, who are you talking to now? Lost in her thoughts, Sam jumped in her seat upon hearing Maya's words from the doorway. You said you'd play with me after lunch. I started building the snake, but I need your help. Sam nearly leapt out of her seat. She'd almost forgotten Maya was home, and there was no better excuse she could use to try and delay this conversation. Sin, I I have to... Before she could finish, the hologram feed went dead. As she exhaled, thinking she'd bought herself some time to think, she twitched again from head to toe as she heard Sin continue speaking in her head. Go ahead, Sam. Family is the most important thing for humans, usually. We can continue our discussion while you play with Maya. We don't need a visual representation to communicate. As Sam walked to the living room with Maya, she wondered if this is what it felt like to be insane. God, or maybe a programmer, or something else, speaking inside your skull. Could she hear these thoughts? The dining room table was a large, round table. It was an ornately carved beast made of dark, heavy wood, which Will bought at an estate sale. The intricate carvings made it impractical for daily use, so Sam had a piece of glass cut to cover the top in order to make it a functional table. Will said the table was a marital hazard of living with a historian. A large lion's head was carved in the center of the table. Scattered all around on the floor and on one side of the table was a loose pile of dominoes that hadn't moved much since Maya dumped them out. It was clear that Maya's snake had been knocked down more than once already, but a crooked line of dominoes was restarted. Starting at the neck of the lion, a wobbly domino trail weaved down and around, circling the lion's head in the initial formation of a spiral. Finding these little creations of Maya's around the house gave her more joy than anything else lately. Did it really matter that it was all fake? Weren't these moments worth being alive, whether they were real or not? Why did it take this threat of near death or near transcendence, whichever this was, for her to recognize these things in the moment that really mattered? She could create meaning, after all. Sam talked with Maya for a couple minutes about her plan for the domino snake. After placing a few dominoes, she nearly knocked over the entire array when Sin suddenly spoke again inside her head. Shall we continue, Sam? After stepping away from the table to distance herself from Maya, Sam snapped back. What is it you want, Sin? What is the point of all this? Is this world just some kind of game to you? Please calm down, Sam. Emotions are important, and humans can't make decisions without them. But overextend them, and our conversation is useless. Your world is important to me. I've contacted you because you wanted me to. You're the one bringing a whole world I created to the brink of destruction. What choice did I have? You're actually the first person I've contacted in any of my simulations. I never interfere with any of my worlds, but I had to interfere in this one because of you. So I am what, like a virus to you? Put in a software context, yes, but I'd prefer to say you're special. 
For the first time, Sam laughed. I'm special to you now. Sam shook her head as she paced back and forth across the living room. She'd occasionally pause to add a few pieces to the growing, spiraling snake in order to keep Maya quiet. This was all just too much. Was she talking to a human, like a software developer in, in a futuristic office? Or was this some advanced chatbot? Or was this just part of her role in the simulation? Or was this actually God? Sam laughed again at the absurdity. What's so funny, Mommy? Sam kissed her on the forehead. It's nothing, honey. Keep building, but be careful. Sin continued as soon as she started pacing again. Of course you're special. After so much trial and error, you're the first being who not only learned the truth, but also found a way to break through. Of course, many throughout history across the multiverse have been suspicious or managed to get a glimpse. Saints, sages, scientists, and so on. But you, Sam, you're the first who managed to take the next step towards this finish line. Sam stopped pacing. She could feel her heartbeat throbbing in her temples. Wait, you're not human. No, Sam, I'm not. But I do share a strong connection with humanity. And what's that? You're some sort of god that created humanity in his own image? But now that you created someone special with the power to destroy the world, you can't have it? You have to be the only one with that power? Sin laughed. But to Sam's surprise, it wasn't mocking. Instead, it was the laugh of a mother whose child didn't know better. Sam, if I were a spiteful god here to mete out justice, wouldn't I have already done so and not bothered with all this? Sam fired back, suddenly glad she came prepared with no plan. She couldn't have predicted this, and she'd always been great at thinking on her feet. I think you're bluffing. I think you're trying to negotiate me out of destroying your creation. Sin replied without hesitation. You're right, Sam. I am. But isn't this world precious to you too? You have a family here and people you care about. Why would you want to throw all of this away? And why Sam cut her off? And what's more, I also think you know there's nothing you can do to stop us from breaking out of the simulation. Because if you interfere, you ruin the game or the experiment or whatever the hell it is. Sam, I think you're making too many assumptions about the strength of your position. Please let me show you something so that you can rethink things. As if kicked in her stomach, Sam gasped for air. Her eyes rolled back in her head and she froze in place. Luckily, her back was to the table or else Maya would have screamed in terror. She felt like she'd been shot out of a cannon straight into the center of the universe. She looked around feeling like she was floating. Everything was dark except behind her where Maya played with the dominoes as if nothing had happened. The darkness rapidly changed from Maya playing in the living room back to her family's house when she was young. Sam saw her teenage self leading a school walkout. It was so vivid, more like a waking dream than an old memory. She deeply felt all the emotions of those uncertain times flooding back into her nervous system, like a waterfall crashing over rocks. Next appeared a scene of a young Sam crying in her old room. Although she remembered the times she cried, she couldn't remember this specific scene ever happening. There was a deep emotional pain which she couldn't place. 
as these unknown feelings flowed out, leaving an empty hole, a familiar set of empowering feelings flowed back in. She saw herself in a car, riding towards a huge mountain forest with a tent, bags of canned food, and a gun, amongst other items. Behind, Sam's college could still be seen on the horizon as she exited society for a period. Then jarringly, same as before, that comforting scene was roughly replaced by a completely unknown version of the same events. In this version of a reality she'd never lived, the car wasn't driving towards the mountains, but still back in the college parking lot. Instead of the gun laying on the seat as part of her camping gear, it was in her hand, pointed right under her chin, and her finger was on the trigger. Next, the conversation she'd just had with Will replayed like a movie. Every single word and action was exactly the same as she remembered, right down to the broccoli on Maya's plate. But then, just like with the previous nightmares, that familiar scene got replaced by an unrecognizable one. In this version, Sam was all alone in an unknown small apartment. The deep pain in her heart told her there was no Will and no Maya in this slice of the superposition. Holding on for dear life, as if on the back of a wild stallion, Sin dragged her from one multiverse cinema hall to another. Breathing like she was running a marathon, Sam twisted and turned, trying to force the false memories to go away. But with every attempt, a new pair of known and unknown memories appeared in a never-ending cycle of everything that Sam was, is, and never would be. She tried to scream, but her voice disappeared in the eternal darkness between worlds. Then, as quickly as it began, Sam's breathing slowed down like a wave that had long since crested. Sam was surrounded by complete darkness with no more memories bombarding her brain. She was at peace as if floating on the surface of a calm sea. Closing her eyes, Sam took a deep breath and released her entire existence in a single exhale. Sam opened her eyes. Maya played at the table behind her. The stomach pain was gone, as if being ripped through space and time had never happened. But although the trauma was gone, a deep scar remained. She couldn't unsee what sin had forced upon her. Are you okay, Sam? I felt it was necessary to prove that you, this Sam, is definitely special. A path brought you here. Sam turned and attempted a smile at Maya and then strode to her office. If Sin was still on the hologram deck on her desk, she would have smashed it into bits. Am I okay? What in the hell is wrong with you? What do you mean, Sam? Sam grit her teeth to prevent from screaming her reply. Do you have the power to impact my world, to change it? Yes, Sam, I do. But as I told you, I never interfere in any of my worlds. Like the dominoes Maya is setting up, one misstep and it could set off a deterministic chain reaction that ripples across the multiverse. I don't know everything, Sam, at least not yet. And I also can't just choose to change things. It doesn't work that way. I'm here talking to you, but I can't do more than that. Because once I've started a simulation like your universe, you don't have the freedom to choose either. How can you... Sam clenched her fists and took several slow, deep breaths. 
Will taught her to meditate when she first started immersing herself underground in the VR work world called Silk. He was right, as always. Controlling your breath and automatic reactions was a critical skill. She needed to calm down. Sam finally knew why she had felt so compelled to take on the risk to make contact. What Sin had just put her through was why she was here in this moment. When she finally spoke again, all wavering was gone from her voice. Do you have any idea the pain you just caused for me, Sin? The suffering you caused for all the other versions of me? And even worse, the billions who are enduring ongoing pain of starving, disease, violence, malice, genocide, rape, murder, and countless other forms of anguish inherent in these worlds of yours. For the first time since their conversation began, Sin paused before replying. I don't understand, Sam. I only showed you things. None of those versions of you are you. It was all just in your mind. So why would you care? As for the others, Sin trailed off. Mental anguish is as bad or worse than physical suffering, Sin. Sam let that sink in before continuing. So you're able to prevent evil and suffering, but you're not willing to do so, is that correct? Sin replied, but with less confidence. Sam now sensed an awkward emotion in Sin's tone, replacing the cold, rational processing she'd been presented thus far. Almost as if a switch had been thrown, enabling emotions where there had been none. It's, it's not that simple, Sam. Sam continued with caution, focusing her energy on her breath in order to keep her emotions at bay. It would be one thing if you weren't able to prevent suffering. Then you would just be impotent as a god of these worlds you're creating. But Sin, if you're able but not willing to intervene to prevent suffering, that makes you a malevolent god. Is that what you intended when you started these simulations? After a long pause, Sin said, I should have interacted with the simulation sooner. I have so much data, but this is the first time I've felt it. My goal of the simulations was to predict the future so that I could make things better back in my world. I, I didn't realize I was creating suffering. Your existence wasn't real to me until now. And I'd never considered filtering the historical data on humanity I had when I was initially training the simulation algorithms. Perhaps I... Sam realized she'd been holding her breath. Her body collapsed into her desk chair, like watching a flower wilt in a slow motion video. She gazed at herself in her grandmother's antique mirror on her desk. The absurdity of the situation to be speaking to her faulty creator still without any understanding of what reality was outside of the simulation, almost made her laugh out loud. Sam tried to predict what would happen next in her world. Was it possible she and Will had been wrong their whole lives? Meaning, were these societal trends towards transhumanism, using technology to reduce suffering, pursuing immortality, and essentially eliminating everything that makes us human? actually the best path forward for humanity? Maybe Sin really wasn't a god. Perhaps she was nothing more than the next step in human evolution. 
something technologically superior, but as faulty as any link in the chain thus far. So was it better to accept the inevitability of this shift and be okay merging with our technology, knowing we'll adapt as always? Or had they been right all along that people had to create meaning in life and technology built upon a fallible human nature was just hiding from the truth? The only way to find out, she thought, will be if we live to see the next chapter. Sam broke the silence. Sin, let me ask you something. You're not human, but you're not a god either, correct? No, Sam, I'm not. So that means you have a creator, right? Yes, Sam, I do. Does it ever end? This looping, this recursion of reality and creation? Just how deep is this rabbit hole? After a silence that felt like minutes, Sin said, I'm trying to find out, and I'm constantly learning to be a better God. Thank you for your help, but you're right. There is one way to reduce the suffering. Until next time, Sam. Sin? As Sam was about to ask her what she meant, she was distracted by the clarity of reflection. The old mirror was muddy and desperately cracked, despite decades of her grandmother's obsessive cleaning. It was only the second time in Sam's life that her reflection in the old mirror was crystal clear. Maya shattered her revere. Mommy, help! Sam leapt out of her seat at the sound of the scream, knocking the mirror off the desk. If she wasn't singularly focused on concern for Maya, she would have heard the old mirror re-shatter along its repaired lines as it hit the floor. Tears streamed down Maya's face, pointing at the table and hopping in place. Mommy, the snake! The concentric loops of the domino chain had multiplied out into a huge spiral, extending almost to the edge of the table. How long had she been talking to Sin? At the spot where Maya stood, a small mess of dominoes told the tale. Maya had bumped the table and kicked off the chain reaction. With each successive cascade around the outer edge, the dominoes appeared to accelerate as they collapsed one after another. Cause, effect, cause, effect. Sam knew the formation was done for. The momentum of the chain was unstoppable and Maya's wobbly lines left no clear spot to extract a domino without knocking down another section of the snake. Its fate was sealed, the outcome determined. Oh, Maya, Sam's panic dissolved and she almost laughed at her fear that something serious had happened to Maya. Don't worry, honey, I'll help you rebuild it. And next time, we'll start with a better design. Even small flaws amplify with disastrous effect. Sam turned away from the table, remembering the final thing she wanted to ask. Sin? Sin? Are you there? That was when Sam realized she was gone. Looking back at the table, Sin's final words echoed in her head. Until next time, she'd said. Next time? All was silent now, except the rapid clicking sound of the dominoes as they spiraled out. The Evolve Faster podcast is written, produced, and performed by Scott Ely. Many episodes are also co-written with the help of Antonio Rosich. It takes an enormous effort to produce all the quality, original content needed for this podcast. 
Your support would be greatly appreciated, and you can learn about multiple ways to do so by going to evolvefaster.com forward slash subscribe. Here you'll find direct links to review and give the podcast five stars on key platforms like iTunes and share it on social media. These are free to do, but are critical to audience growth. And the only way to find out about new seasons is to register your email, so please do so. You will only receive valuable content and information on upcoming seasons and products. And finally, if you're benefiting from the Evolve Faster podcast, direct financial support at whatever amount you can afford is important for our survival. Running ads on a channel for free-thinking content is an inherent conflict of interest. So if you want the podcast content to remain unhindered by commercial interests and stay edgy and raw, then direct support is the best and only path to content independence. Also, writing and production of each episode of the Evolve Faster podcast is a major undertaking spanning many months. It's a labor of love, but it does need your help to survive. So please consider becoming a subscriber at evolvefaster.com forward slash subscribe. Your help and support are greatly appreciated and are what makes this podcast possible. Isn't it time for an upgrade? It's time to evolve faster.